Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are blessed that you can join us, and we hope that you had a wonderful week. And for those of you that are first-time listeners here to Shouts of Grace, we want to thank you for tuning in and to let you know that we have about 150 past episodes, and you can um, get a whole host of topics and, and, and a range of Scripture and discussion points by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. Um, and if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you guys for your support. Um, and just also, um, as always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Um, as always, here on Shouts of Grace, we have different guests. Sometimes those guests are in studio. And then many times those guests uh, call in and, and they're pastor friends of mine from, uh, from around the country. And so today um, I have a, a longtime friend on the radio, Pastor Mike Sasso from Calvary Chapel Eagle in Idaho. What's up, my brother? It's good to hear your voice, Steve, and it's, uh, thank you for having me on the program. Yeah, you you guys actually do a radio program there as well, right? Well, we did a program for several years, and then we actually, I really felt like the Lord had instructed us the time was up. We got off, and it's funny, we got off just before COVID hit. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were grateful for that because I don't want to be online in a live, it was a live call-in show, and we really didn't want to mm. be on a live call-in show when everyone was calling about uh, election fraud and COVID and vaccinations. <laughs> that's not what we wanted to talk about. You know, yeah. So it was good timing to get off. Yeah, perfect. Mike, you and I <laughs> go go way back to um to to serving alongside each other in um in in California. And really, we kind of we kind of initially hooked up um, because of the apologetics ministry we had there. And um, I was kind of overseeing it and you were kind of my overseer. And so we kind of always had a connection on on defending the faith, you know, and um, and and I think it's very necessary today. You know, I know a lot of times. You know, we, we've got a lot of people in the church today. They're like, well, we just want to talk about the love and the commonality. And, and I think of, well, Jude wanted to do that, too. And he even said it. <laughs> he said, I wish I could write to you about the common faith that we share, but I have to instead write to you that you earnestly contend for the faith. And so that is a reality in our Christian walk. And, and sometimes I know that that makes people nervous, but um, that is a connection point that you and I have. And so I thought, you know, let's let's use this episode and um, talk about something that's becoming very prevalent as as these um, last days kind of kick into gear. You know, one of the things that that Paul told Timothy is he said, in, in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And he goes on and says, men will be lovers of themselves, boastful pride, disobedient to parents. And he goes on. Then he says, they're going to have a form of godliness and they're going to deny its power. And then he actually goes on from there later on. And he says, evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse Therefore, hold fast to what you believe and what you've been taught. Amen. And that matters, Amen. right? Um, yep. and, and so what yep. I want to do is, is, is I want to talk about this movement that I see happening in the church today. As the world is becoming more wicked and they're imposing views upon the church, I see a lot of churches acquiescing. And in this main area of redefining love, redefining the very nature and character of God— in a way where repentance and faith towards God is becoming secondary 
and this idea of God just loves everything and loves everyone and let's just go with it. Talk about how you have watched that transition as well, because you're older than me. <laughs> and so you've been around longer than well, me. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about <laughs> talk about the danger of that. You know, here's the thing, Steve. It comes down to the question, does God change? Is hmm. God real? Is his word true? Uh, was God wrong? Because, you know, progressivism will say, well, science is advanced and technology is advanced. We've got we know so much more than we did then. So now do we know more than God or was he wrong? And so we got to we got to throw away our old ideas and now accept new ideas. Something, you know, do you believe the Bible is the word of God Hmm. or is it just the word of man for that culture at that time? And it has to change because of progressivism. Uh, We've got to make up our mind right at the start set. Uh, do we believe the Bible is the word of God and do we hold to it? Because otherwise it's anyone's guess. And over the years, I've seen people and, uh, you know, there's people who you and I both know who were once holding stead, steady to the word of God and began to doubt here or question this or question that. And before you know it, you, it, it leads down that slippery slope and they are now not believing the Bible at all. And, mm. you know, I just decided years ago, I told my congregation, I'm done with doubt. Because that's where it starts. You start to doubt something. Was this really true? Or maybe Paul was wrong about this. Or, or maybe this is a mistranslation. Or, or maybe wherever you start doubting and you start giving in and then you find out that you will find others who doubt. You'll have no problem finding others who not only doubt, but who have an explanation of why the Bible didn't really mean what it said. You know? mm-hmm. And so I've just decided over the years, I'm done with doubt because how many times in my life have I doubted something and I've had to research it and I've had to wonder, was I wrong? Was God wrong? Is the word? And I had to research it, research the headaches and heartaches. And at the end of it, I found out, no, God is right. The Bible is trustworthy. And, and I finally got to the point, Steve, where I, I thought, you know, how many times do I have to ask God to prove himself right? How many times do I have to put God through this? You know, yeah. and, and it messes my heart up too, because, you know, with what I know, the fruit of trusting God's word, the peace of mind of living according to the scripture versus the, the just drifting at sea, wondering if I'm right or wrong about something. So I'm holding hmm. to the word and I'm just I'm not going to I'm not going to waver. And, and, you know, by the way, this is that's one of the reasons why I love Calvary Chapel philosophy. We just just teach through the Bible rather yeah. than pick your favorite topics or what's happening in the culture today. Let's address it. Yeah. We we could address that in the word as we go through the, the scriptures, but uh, I'm just going to hold steady, go through the scriptures. I'm going to finish off my days well, as best mm. I can. You know, I I, I hear I, I I hear everything you're saying, and I agree with you 100. percent And and I'm looking at um, just kind of the 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 makeup of the world right now. You know, the the, the church looks at the harvest, right? And we think, man, that that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to win, right? I mean, look up, it's it's ripe, it's ready. But but here's here's what I've what I've discovered in, in the last several years, Mike, is is if the harvest becomes an idol, people will sell all they have and all they believe to worship it. And and everything goes away. And and now all of a sudden what I'm facing is I'm facing 
you know, uh, a prevailing sentiment that's coming within the church that's saying the sinner just needs to be loved and accepted. And here's what that's translating into. Let's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a belief that's going around. It's, it's permeating through a lot of the churches belong before you believe this idea of, look, people just need to be loved. So let's pull them into the church. Let's accept them. Let's let them serve in our children's ministry. Let's let them serve at our front doors, even though they don't know God, let's let them on our worship team. And, and all of a sudden now the church, which is historically for 2000 years, been a place where believers have gathered for the equipping of the saints to go out and do the work of the ministry now it's becoming almost this 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 pool of people where let's pull the world in let's make them feel like they're one of us and let's let relationship and community win them and and the problem and the danger with that mike is community and relationship as as important as it is in the sanctification process it's not the power of god to salvation and if i treat somebody like they're saved before they're saved Am I not hurting their soul ultimately? And what damage does that cause to the church? Talk about that. Yeah, it's interesting as you're describing this. I remember years ago, I was involved in uh, several Billy Graham crusades. And uh, actually, to be honest with you, this is the only place I've seen what you're describing somewhat work. Billy Graham would do that. He would allow people who are unsaved to be in the choir, to be ushers, not prayer counselors, not the counselors on the field but to take place in every different aspect of the crusade in hopes that after the message, he would give the call and he would say, you may be an usher. You may be in the choir. You know, (laughs) he'd give this big thing. He'd say, come, come now, you know, and the music would play and the ushers and the choir members and all the people who were, who were involved serving, many of them would get saved. That Mm -hmm. might work. And I think it did work for Billy Graham in the church. We give a false message when we let somebody who's living in sin or contrary to the word of God in any way, or even, even doctrinally, uh, in, in a leadership position, uh, people in leadership position, uh, in my opinion, even if they're ushers and greeters, they need to be examples of what, what the true faith is. Mm. And otherwise, it gets confused, watered down. People don't know what a real Christian is. And mm. if when they start being tempted with sin, they can go, well, so-and-so does that, and they're they're, they have this title in the church or this function in the church. We've got to draw a clear line. You know, the scriptures are, are pretty clear about that the, to, to purge out the old leaven, you know? Yeah. Paul, Paul says in Acts 20, 20, let, 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 let's unpack this for a second. He says, you know that I did not, as he's talking to these, um, to these Ephesian elders, he, he said, you know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or for teaching you publicly from house to house. I testified to both Jew and Greek about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. <laughs> Mike, why is it so hard for us today or for so many to call sinners to repentance? Why do I feel like we're tiptoeing around the emotional makeup of unbelievers so that they don't feel, you know, you know, like they're quote unquote unloved and they'll run the other way. Why isn't the church doing what the church has always done boldly and adamantly saying, God loves you. We love the unbeliever, but yo, you got to repent of your sin and come. What's the problem today? You know, Steve, I know, you know, the answer to this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, (laughs) is that it's this cancel culture. We have, we have something we're dealing with today that I've never seen in my life that if you sound at all, critical judgmental or you know that you don't agree with something you're canceled 
And this whole cancel culture of what's going on today makes people, I think it causes Christians to back down when they shouldn't, to be intimidated because they're going to be canceled. And many Mm. Christians are being canceled because of it. But we've got to hold the word of God because God hasn't changed his mind. He is who he is. And matter of fact, just the the very verse you quoted in Acts 20, I had the privilege uh, last month to teach at a pastor's conference. And I exhorted the Calvary Chapel pastors that faith and repentance is the key. Don't ever back down from that because we've got to teach faith in God, repentance uh, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's really mm. important. So yeah. uh, you, if you do anything else, you change the message. That's yeah. the message of the gospel. Yeah, I think I think you're 100% right. I mean, you look at the council culture of the first century, John chapter 9, the parents of the guy who was healed didn't want to say anything out of fear of being kicked out of the synagogue, right? I mean, they were going right. to, there, there was a, there's always been some form of council culture. And, and, and really what it amounts to is nothing more than a fear of man, which is a snare. You care more about what people think rather than what God thinks. And and I think in the end times you find a not a not a um, not 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 a church that's not there. In fact, you look at the end times; the church is extremely prevalent. The Church of Laodicea. The problem is, is they're impotent. And <laughs> there's nothing. There, there's there, there's. It's a form of godliness, really. And so, Mike, on the other, I, I want to talk a little bit more about this on the other side of the break, and and just specifically what happens when we move the main things that are important to God. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. I got a good friend of mine on the on the line, uh, Pastor Mike Sasso from Calvary Chapel Eagle in Idaho. And Mike, before the break, we were just kind of talking about this idea of, of how repentance and faith towards God is is becoming this offensive almost like this offensive altar that that we're not you know calling people to because gosh if 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 we define what their sin is i mean you know god forbid that we should say you know um marriage is between a man and a woman if 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 we call them to that then then they're going to they're going to cancel us they're not going to like the church they're going to run the other way and so how a lot of churches are really dealing with that right now and when, as we're talking about this i'm thinking of the story um when a has um, goes up to Damascus to get the help of Tiglath-Pileser, the king of Assyria, because uh, the king of Israel's teamed up with the king of Assyria, and, and they come down and fight him. And so Tiglath-Pileser helps him. But but then it's something interesting happens. It says that that he gives he takes gold, that is Ahaz takes gold out of the temple, gives it to him. And then while he's in Damascus, Mike, he sees this Damascus altar and he grabs the blueprints. He sends them back down south and he says to the high priest, make me one of these. And he makes him one. And then once he makes this altar, he says, now I want you to take it and I want you to put it in the place of the brazen altar at the front of God's house and take God's halter and put it behind mine. And this says in, in Chronicles, when he talks about this, says this became the ruin of all of Israel and of Ahaz. When he took something that the world made and he put it in the place of what God had designed, it became the ruin. Mike, isn't that exactly what we're doing? When we remove the message of faith and repentance towards God and we replace it with this this redefined view of God's love and nature. 
Boy, that is a, a powerful illustration of exactly what happens. Just uh, you replace what is truly the altar of God with a false altar. And uh, as you were talking before the break, one of the thoughts that came to me that I talk about in our congregation often is that when you eliminate the concept of sin, you eliminate the need for the Savior. If there is no sin, if you, nothing is sin anymore, we don't need a Savior. But see, that is not what the Bible teaches us. That you know, the Bible teaches us that in Isaiah fifty-nine, that you know, the problem is God's not dull of hearing that He can't hear, and His His eyes, He's He's not blind. He, he, but your sins have made a separation between you and Him that He will not hear you. And if we don't deal with sin, we stop dealing with sin, then you erase the need for a Savior, and that's what the whole cancel culture is doing right now. It breaks my heart. Wow. You know, I, I think of, I think of what, you know, I, I think of that story and, and there's, you know, if you just read that part, it's like, oh man, you know, but if you go on and you read it, Mike, it, it doesn't, it doesn't end there, right? What happens is, um, after he removes the altar, which was at the front of the house, which really everything else was behind it, right? The, the, um, the bronze laver and the, and all of the ministry, you know, in, in the holy place with the table of showbread and the, in the, in the altar of incense, everything was behind the altar because that was where you dealt with your sin, right? And the Israelites, obviously, they would bring their, their lamb to the doorway of the Lord's house, and, and they were said to have shanked the sacrifice. They killed it. It was like God's way of saying, before you go anywhere, you are guilty of killing this. But here's what's interesting is— Ahaz doesn't just end with that. Then he goes and he disassembles the bronze laver, and it says he does it because of the king of Syria. And it doesn't even end there. Then he goes in and he and he grabs the vessels of the Lord. So he starts with a big thing, a big compromise. And before you know it, he's going further and deeper into the house of God until ultimately he shuts the doors and he starts these Damascus satellite campuses all over Jerusalem. And Mike, you know, you and I have been around a while. We've watched compromise. It never just ends with one thing. Before long, people are compromising things you'd never would have thought of, right? Right. And you know what, what you're describing here, Steve, is a picture of the responsibility of leadership. Uh, because a country will rise or fall up upon godly leadership or wicked leadership. You know, that, that righteousness exalts a nation, sins a reproach to any people. And what you're describing is what happens when the wicked leadership are in charge. Now, mm -hmm. we can't always control, though we vote uh, for our president, we vote for different things. But as pastors, we are each individually responsible to hold that line, teach the truth, and not give in. Because people will be, you know, the, the leaders have led the people astray. Now the leaders are in dark. Excuse me, the people are in darkness. But I'm thinking of in Acts 17 when when Paul was preaching to the people who had, you know, on Mars Hill, they have all these different uh, idols and they had all these different uh, gods and even an, an idol to the unknown God. And, you know, Paul said to them, you know, God overlooked people's ignorance about I'm reading. I'm reading right now from the New Living Translation. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now. He commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. As pastors, we've got to bring the people back over and over again to, okay, let's put that behind us. You know, all kinds of sin, let's repent of it because God's calling all men everywhere now to repent. And, you know, boy, I had a great time on Easter 
uh, excuse me, I, I like to call it Resurrection Sunday. It slips out every now and then in the word Easter. But I like to remind people that God proved who Jesus was by raising him from the dead. No other religious leader in history has ever done that. Mm. Uh, we've got their ashes, their teeth, their graves, and so on. But we've got to realize Jesus is above all the others, and we've got to listen to what he said and follow his gospel. Mm. And, and the message is to repent of our sins and turn to God because that passes the past. Let's move forward now. Yeah. So hopefully we'll work through this cancel culture with the same thing. Hopefully, you know, it's like the, the Republicans right now are saying, uh, the Democrats are saying it, setting everything up for a Republican election next, uh, you know, next couple of years. Well, I'm hoping that the wickedness that people are feeling in this land, it's going to set us up for repentance and put it behind yeah. us because that cancel culture, all Amen. the crazy stuff, Steve, from the transgender or gender identity dysphoria. Yeah. I don't know who I am. We can't name our baby boy or girl until he decides for himself. It's yeah. nuts. It's yeah. crazy. We, we've lost our compass. And so hopefully this will make people realize, you know, the times of the, the, we'll put this behind us someday and go, you know what? It's time for all men everywhere to repent and turn to God because that is nuts. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you. And I, and I think what's happening too is you just see a dullness um, to what God has said, just a, a kind of a, you know, people are just numb to it. Even people in the church are just kind of numb to it. And it's like, it's like, it's like how you started off the program. You said, look, if, if, if you lose sight of the fact that God's word's active and living, then then you really all you got is you at that point and how you view right. life. Right. I mean, there's no arbitrator right. of truth. And so if I want to call myself a it or a them or whatever, who are you to tell me any different? And I think what you're seeing now, Mike, and I think you hit the nail on the head, people don't want accountability to a holy God. And so what Christians or what so-called Christians are doing is rather than submitting, humbling themselves under the hand of God, they're just redefining the nature and character of God and saying that the expression of God's character is seen by loving everybody, regardless if they're a them or an it or, okay, well, listen, we don't, we don't, you know, dispute the fact that God loves everybody. I mean, scripture says that God loves the rebellious while they're in their sin. <laughs> that's not a, that's not, we're not disputing that. But but God calls people to repentance. And Mike, in, in right. the last in the last minute that we have here, you know, this altar that was moved, it was bloody. It was not clean. It was extremely offensive. And it seems like what's being put in its place today is a less offensive, less bloody altar. Talk about in this last minute why a person must repent of their sin and God will accept nothing less. You know, the, the Bible is full. It, it, I've heard it said that the gospel is a bloody gospel. The Bible, it's a bloody gospel because the wages of sin is death. And the scriptures say that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Over and over again, we see the seriousness of sin. Matter of fact, whenever I have communion at the Lord's table with my people, I hold the cup up and I say, folks, two things this cup reminds me of. Number one, the seriousness of sin. The red fluid in this cup, the grape juice reminds me of blood, that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But mm. second thing it reminds me of is the seriousness of God to forgive us of our sin. Yeah. And it costs the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't just, it's not just God loves everyone. We're all going to heaven. It's all okay. No, it costs God a high price to save us. That's the right. blood of his own, it says in Acts 20, 28, his own blood on the cross. And so it's just, That's it's right. it's serious as death itself, 
and and you know our life eternity lies in the balance but we've got to either decide right up front whether we're going to believe god's word or we're going to believe the latest craze that comes through the latest fad the latest whatever's politically mm-hmm. correct yeah. that changes and it'll change tomorrow yeah you need to hold to the word of god and stay true to it yeah amen amen hey we're out of time for this uh edition of shouts of grace thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.